Welcome to the British Chamber of Commerce Singapore's podcast channel. We're excited to bring you season three of new episodes featuring in-depth content across Singapore, ASEAN and the United Kingdom. We've had some extraordinary guests on our channel, including Formula One's Claire Williams. I'm a firm believer that any great team, any successful team has a great culture flowing through it. You aren't successful if you don't. So we put a lot of work into this. Renowned mountaineer Kenton Cool. That 2019 there with a client, a big storm came in and literally destroyed Camp 2. And I've got some video footage of Sherpas like trying to hold on to the tent fabric as it blows away. And the Royal Navy's Commodore Steve Morehouse, commander of the UK Carrier Strike Group. The squadron of F-35 aircraft we have on board is the Royal Air Force squadron. And, and the personnel there are drawn from both the Navy and the Air Force. So it's a what better way of, of showing just the efficiency and the joined up nature that we now have. And distinguished Sky News anchor, Jeremy Thompson. We had two little vans with satellite links and we, le- we leapfrogged up the road to Pristina, the capital, uh, throughout that first day with non-stop coverage from basically inside a war zone. We also sit down with the likes of TikTok, Twitch and Twitter and continue to bring you conversations around business and trade, leadership and people, sustainability, sports and arts and much, much more. Thank you, as always, for your support and we hope you enjoy this podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of In Conversation with me, David Kelly. We have kickstarted 2022 with our third series with some fantastic guests on our podcast channel covering topics such as NFTs, aviation and the cloud. Today's conversation is with Eight Wealth International, a company that opened their doors in Singapore in 2021, offering services including retirement, international tax and legacy and succession planning. So this is a session to learn more about their journey into Singapore to support other businesses touching on the geopolitical challenges currently being faced, sustainability and business leadership. As a principal partner practice of St. James's Place, they have hit the ground running here and I'm delighted to welcome two guests on today's channel. It's Giles Henman, um, Senior Partner and Head of Asia, and Ian Riggs, CEO and Chartered Financial Planner. So Giles, Ian, really, really great to have you and a very warm welcome to the British Chamber of Commerce, Singapore's podcast channel. It's a a pleasure to have you with us today. Thanks, David. We're really, really happy and uh, yeah, excited to spend some time with you. Great stuff. So can we start by getting to know a little bit more about you as individuals with over sort of 40 years of financial service experience between both of you. There's a wealth of knowledge that you bring to businesses. And perhaps, Giles, if you could share your journey so far and, uh, and, and what brought you to Singapore. Yeah, sure, David. And great, great to be invited to talk today and talk a bit about our business and ourselves. Um, I started life as an accountant, actually. And uh, interestingly enough, or amusingly enough for the uh, much younger, it's fair to say, staff in the office. I found an old reference from my accountancy boss, uh, dated 1989, typed on a typewriter in the office the other day, saying I'd go far. I don't quite whether he imagined it'd be in the Far East, and he, and he meant in, in, in that sense geographically. But uh, I started life as an accountant. I, I was in financial services from my early 20s. I actually came out of financial services for a period of time to work in my family business, which is the toughest thing I've probably ever done. Uh, managing a family is much tougher than managing a business, I think. But I actually moved to Shanghai in 2012 with my wife, two sons and Alfie, the Labradoodle. And having built a significant business there, decided uh, with the other guys within our business at that point um, that we wanted to expand in Asia. So I actually only moved to Singapore in 2019, expecting 
do lots of travel um, and uh, be able to uh, visit Southeast Asia, which of course hasn't quite gone to plan. But what we have been able to do is, is, is continue to grow the business. Oh, super. And uh, yeah, I think you've had a, a very similar journey to some of our, our newer members of the chamber as well, uh, coming at a, at, a, at a very interesting time with a global pandemic going on. So Giles, it's great to sort of get a bit of an update on you. Ian, your journey is from the UK today, where eight wealth management are based in Whiteley, Hampshire. Can you share a little bit about yourself and uh, your journey with eight? Yeah, of course. No problem at all. Um, I, I just want to kick off actually by, by uh, probably giving Giles his true title. He often refers to himself as the international man of wealth management because he has traveled across many continents and advised many people in different jurisdictions. I sadly am just doing that in Hampshire in little old England. So uh, I don't have the same James Bond 007 status as Giles, but hey, ho, we can't have it all, can we? And interestingly, I just before I get on to a little bit about me, I uh, listened to some of your previous podcasts and noticed two people that I, I know quite well. First one is Mr. Kenton Cool, oh, yes. um, the uh, the amazing mountaineer who summited Everest, I think more than fifteen times now. Uh, what's interesting about Kenton is, literally ten years ago yesterday, I got on an airplane with Kenton and spent three and a half weeks in the Himalayas um, on one of his expeditions to um, summit Mount Everest. Wow. Um, and even more interesting than that. His accountant, here's the link to Giles, uh, lives in Portsmouth in Hampshire. So I often see him hobbling along the beach, chatting business with his accountant. So thought that was quite cool. And the second one is Claire Williams, Formula One Williams. We actually run or work with an investment company in the UK called Foresight. And Foresight have an investment that is called the Formula One Williams Investment. And what it is, it's really interesting, is, is they basically invest specifically in the engineers of Formula One Williams and take ideas and concepts that the engineers have and, and effectively turn them into companies that our clients end up investing into. Um, and their head office actually is in the Shard in London. And my story is you know, pretty basic, actually. I left college when I was 18, I took a year out. I went traveling around Europe. Well, I ended up in a Greek island, ran out of money. And my dad had to rescue me by sending some money over. So when I came back, I owed my dad, but I didn't have any money. So he made me work for the bank he worked for throughout the summer as what was called then a branch advisor. And I ended up never leaving the bank, didn't go to university. And this is the only job I've ever done for the last 30 years. And, and eight really was founded officially in 2008, but it's probably a good 20 years now, really to try and help people. It's, you know, we're very much a people business, which I know we're gonna talk about a bit um, later on. Yeah, perfect. Look, Ian Charles, it's brilliant, brilliant to have you with us. And thanks for giving some updates on your background as well. You talked about sort of eight uh, being set up in 2008. So, can you tell us a little bit more about how the partnership began, what the drivers were, and sort of, sort of that, that landing in Singapore in 2021? In the UK, we're providing the same service that we want to provide in, in, in Singapore, which is all about helping people make smart decisions with, with money and tax and legacy. But we're, in the UK, it's, it's very, very regulated, and, and the regulation requires a lot of support to enable advisors to give great 
outcomes to their clients. And that support requires people, and of course, people equal running a business. What we found in, in kind of 2008 was that there was a lot of great advisors, but they were not they were not wanting to build a business with people. So we saw this opportunity that actually we could build a business that provided infrastructure, support and services to enable advisors to do what they're good at, which is basically sitting down with people and giving them great outcomes and advice. And Giles and I initially had a conversation, which uh, I think was the back end of 2020, right, Giles? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I came to Singapore in 2019. And uh, I mean, to answer the question in one word, you know, what was the driver behind Eight Wealth International? It is change. When I came here, I, I expected and found a very mature and financial services industry. But what I was perhaps uh, more surprised about is, is perhaps how it was run. And, and, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but, but it is very transactional here. It is very product led. And that wasn't the kind of business that I felt the uh, Singapore market needed. And I don't think the average uh, Singaporean expat needed. Um, so I reached out to Ian at the end of 2020 and, and talked to him about um, whether he'd like to come to Asia and how exciting that might be. He got very excited. We got very excited. And it basically gives us the ability to have a platform uh, the bandwidth to be able to provide a much wider breadth of services to clients, very much about tax uh, and advice-led approach. Yeah, and I think uh, just to kind of add a bit onto that, I mean, Giles and I, which is not often the case with people, share exactly the same vision about what we want to do. And we each have what we believe are ingredients that together are going to give this great new product and service in Singapore that is going to be different, that is predominantly about providing the expat community in Singapore with access to the best of breed in all areas. It isn't just about investing money. It's about building relationships with people. It's about providing you know, um, guidance for them, for their family, and, and also having that, dare I say, international presence where people repatriate or expatriate. What we've got is this great product now where when, you know, our view is when people land in the UK, having spent 20 or 10 years in Singapore, we pick them up at the airport and the relationship just continues. And, and we do that in, in a way that is all about planning and preparation so that it's seamless. And, and we could also, of course, therefore link to their family. A lot of people in Singapore have got family outside of Singapore. And a lot of our clients have got parents who are based in the UK who are getting to that point in their life where they need help and support. So again, the relationship with, with eight, uh, because of you know the links between Singapore and the UK really helps our clients and their family get a real you know feeling of a relationship which is what it's all about that's that's a really good segue into a question around your sort of unique selling proposition and lots of businesses sort of sort of have this in terms of what is it that's unique about your business and you recently 
with us delivered a webinar on the importance of outstanding customer service. And this must be absolutely key to, to your business success, right? I mean, can you just refresh our listeners' memory about the celebrity service experience that you guys provide and how you sort of build that? And particularly within the last few years where contact time with clients might have been a bit challenging with the pandemic, can you just sort of start framing that around, around some of the challenges that you've had or, or how you've sort of how you sort of sort of built that into your USP? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the world is becoming a much, much more complex place. And so the value of advice is, is, is becoming more and more important. And, and traditionally, if you want investment advice, you'd go to a, a bank or a financial advisor. But if you wanted advice on a will, you'd go to a lawyer. And if you wanted advice around tax, you'd go to a tax expert. We want to do all of that in one place to bring that together. So a client has a one stop shop where they can receive uh, holistic advice, I'm not sure I like that word, but it's banded about quite a bit, um, but whole of life advice, which takes them from where they are today to where they want to, to get, but do that in a nice way. I mean, I think one of the key things why we believe we're different is because we're, um, we're all nice people. We, we like good people that like to do things for others, um, to help others. And, and, uh, and I think in our industry, we're very lucky in that pursuit because if you're we're genuinely interested in other people, it's a great industry to be in because you're helping them with their family, their, their, their ultimate, their financial outcomes in the future. So, so the whole sort of concept, uh, I mean, I actually was introduced by Ian to, uh, to Jeff Ram because he presented at the Eight Wealth Conference back in the summer. And his presentation around, it's around the whole concept of, of, of if it was David Beckham that was calling on a Friday evening at eight o'clock and he wanted to see you there and then, would you perhaps treat him slightly different than if it was Joe Bloggs calling at the same time? You, you might do. And, and, and the question is, if you, if you might do, why is that? And why don't you offer that, that level of service, that celebrity type service for every client? So we've tried to, not tried, we have um, looked to inst- install that at every stage of our business, both with our clients, but also with our staff as well and and so looking at ways that we can make our business the best place to work for because we also think that if you've got really really happy employees then that equals great client outcomes as well can i just add on if i may it's not a sales pitch but if you haven't watched that webinar with jeff ram you should spend the time to sit down and watch it because it is engaging fascinating interesting funny but beyond all of that, there is a real message um, about you know being different and providing some sort of special service. And we've actually challenged ourselves with Jeff to get into his book and to be part of his future presentations. Um, and we have internally got a, a vision about creating a magical client experience. And our idea is to ensure that actually the client is at the heart, which I know a lot of companies throw out there, but is at the heart of what we do and that we are able to provide any of our clients with anything they need, whenever they need it, wherever they are, in whatever country, we will be available to pick it up and to help and support them and their family and to do it. And Giles is absolutely right with a bit of fun you know, to be, you know, a, a human about how we approach things um, and to just give our clients a really great relationship, which isn't just about giving them great advice. Oh, super to hear that. And we'll try and remember to put a, a link into that as well so that people can sort of find access to that piece. 
So, I mean, you landed in Singapore during quite a challenging time. I think we're all sick of the COVID word and it just feels like we're starting to get out of it. But with that and also with the conflict in the Ukraine, are these factors of the worldwide pandemic and the more recent geopolitical encounters that we're facing reflected in some of the challenges that perhaps your clients might be experiencing and, and how are you able to support them? Oh, yeah. I mean, so it has been uh, a tough few years. I mean, two major black swan events in, in that time. Um, uh, from a client perspective, uh, I'm very, very proud to say that all the way through that, that period, our clients have stayed committed to their investment portfolios. They've all done uh, very well over that, at that period of time. I think the biggest mistake that you can make as an advisor uh, is to hide when, when times are tough. And we very much got on the front foot. I don't think you should be a financial advisor if you can't talk and face up to clients and, 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 and get on the front foot with them and having these kind of conversations when markets are, are tough. I think the worst thing you, that you could do is to disinvest uh, away just at the wrong time. Um, so our, our mantra is to stay invested. There's a huge amount of work that goes on in the background, obviously, with the investment approach and with the investment managers. And, and really, it's about SJP, who, who are our key partner in terms of asset management, are very much around the uh, very much big advocates of the active management approach. So this is the time when, 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 and quite literally at the moment when the bullets are flying, where those active managers uh, have to show their, their real value. Um, and, and certainly we're finding that they're doing that at the moment. You frame, I think you frame that really interestingly as well. And so linking back to your sort of customer service, I'm going to, I'm going to ask the, the obvious silly question, which is start of the pandemic. You've just moved over here to Singapore. You're, you're building a client base. How do you look at that crystal ball in terms of keeping clients happy? I mean, how, how has that journey been? Was, was that quite scary for you as a business? Or how, how did you start navigating all of the different levers that might be pulled, which with so many unknowns? That, that must have been quite a challenge for you guys. Well, it, it, I mean, it was, um, it, you know, we started our, our, our vision, if you like, to have a new business probably three, you know, three quarters of the way through 2020, thinking that this pandemic was going to be over come the start of 2021. And we're both, you know, keen people. We like things to be done. We like things to be done right. And if we can, we like them to be done quickly. Uh, but very quickly, we realised that the 1st of Jan start date wasn't going to be working and neither was the 31st of March and neither was the 10th of June. So we ended up with the 8th of the 8th because we felt, you know, that would be pretty cool. And our view was that we'd have a launch event live at our offices at the Raffles Arcade on the 8th of the 8th. And once we set that in our sights, nothing was going to get in our way. Unfortunately, um, COVID got in our way because, of course, we couldn't bring our UK team into Singapore, which we were always intending on doing to help Giles build the business out there. So we had to do it remotely and we had to deal with the time differences and not meeting people in person. We recruited new people we never met. You know, we, we, we probably made some mistakes like everybody does, but we learned from it. And, you know, fortunately, we were finally able to come out to um, Singapore in February and spend a few weeks out there. And, and yet again, we learned so much about what we should have done that we didn't do. And now we're at a really exciting point where we know exactly what we need. We know what the market needs. We know what the clients want. We know what we have to build. And I've never been more excited than I am right now. And very fortunate, I think we are, to have 
an opportunity to do what we're doing in um, Singapore, where I have to say, I've only spent the two weeks in Singapore um, in February, apart from a short trip in my entire life. But the one thing that was pretty obvious is that the people in Singapore are amazing. And if you, if you have the ability to capture a group of great people, you can build anything because you can teach people anything you want. You can't teach them to have a great attitude. There's such great attitude out there. It is completely different to the UK mindset about work. And I think we're really lucky and we're super excited, as I say, to, to really take this forward. Oh, that's really great to hear. And, and just to, before we start, I want to sort of move on to sustainability in a second. But as sort of going through this journey as, as an organisation, will it shape the way that you communicate with customers in the future? Are you seeing people transact in a different way because of COVID? Is, that, is, it, is it shaping the way that, that you will be delivering customer service to your clients? So, so during the last two years, most of our meetings have been um, via digital platforms and we're developing or have developed a, a digital platform that allows us not only to have a, a video meeting, but to present uh, recommendations for clients to view their latest wealth account statement, for them to view an agenda um, and to be able to revisit that and look back in a few months' time, for example, at, at what that looked like prior to a another meeting but what I would say is is that actually it's been really really nice in the last four to six weeks when we've actually been able to get in back in front of of clients and and have that that real interaction so so I think the reality moving forward is going to be a hybrid it's going to be a combination of digital uh, interaction meetings and real life uh, there's nothing quite beats that sort of face-to-face meeting and particularly when you're talking about people's financial um, future. I just also want to touch on something. I mean, we were very lucky in terms of bringing the business together. We've brought, it's obviously me and, me and Ian talking today, but we've brought eight experienced partners now, now with 10 of us together uh, that are all based in Asia. So you've got a group of like-minded partners, some of which had the existing staff and all of which had existing clients. So, so actually the pandemic has enabled us to bring all of those clients together and bringing our team together has, has enabled us to strengthen those relationships over the last uh, two years. Oh, that's absolutely, absolutely super. Thank, thanks, Charles. And should we move away from the pandemic stuff? Because it's been great to hear about your journey, but you've got some really brilliant things happening alongside around your Plan 8 programme. Um, and the team that you have devoted to sort of protecting the planet. Can you can you share with our, our, our listeners a little bit about the Plan 8 programme and, and more broadly how that does support business? Yeah, of course. We do take our business seriously. We do take, you know, our people seriously, but we take, you know, the future of our planet for our children and our you know, clients' children equally as seriously. And a few years back, probably just before the pandemic, really, we realised actually that we're managing billions of pounds of clients' money across the world. And actually that money is being invested into companies who are doing you know, various activities with that money. So we kind of took a look at that and thought, well, there's two ways that we can impact how we do better for the planet. One is how we invest, which Giles is going to talk about in a second and the other one is how we behave as an organization and so as an organization we created this they don't like to be called a committee so forgive me my committee but this committee called plan eight and plan eight's 
a purpose is to look at everything that eight is doing and find ways to do it in a more sustainable and responsible manner. And we have a vision, which is about being a sustainable and responsible business. And, and being is all about living and breathing that on a daily basis. What we've done so far is small, but we have a plan, obviously, to make it much bigger. So we've, we've reduced our paper um, usage by 90%. We've changed all of our energy to sustainable and renewable energy sources. We've changed little things like all of our light bulbs and now sustainable light bulbs. We are challenging people every day to not do something. And we've also just about to introduce an electric car scheme for our employees that will enable them all to basically purchase a car via eight that is fully electric We'll have plug-in points at our offices. And we're currently considering little other things like electric scooters for the office in Singapore so that when Giles goes out and buys all the stuff, chicken rice for lunch, he can whiz out on an electric scooter rather than taking an Uber uh, or a Grab. So it, it's, it's little things that we think can make a big difference in an organisation. And we're very open, and we've had some clients give us some great ideas. We're very open to, to basically change and any great ideas that anybody has got. So, you know, if anyone is listening, and I hope at least one person is listening to this, that's my wife, of course, because I've paid her. But um, beyond my wife listening, if anyone is and they've got a great idea, it would be great to hear because we love all that sort of stuff. And Giles, if you want to talk a bit about the investment proposition, that would be great. Yeah, so, so I'm an SJP. Uh, are signed up and, and SJP are, are still our key strategic partner for, for investment management, but they're signed up to the United Nations principle of responsible investing. So 100% of our managers are signed up to that. So I, I guess starting with how things have changed over the last three or four years, if a client came and spoke about the fact that they wanted to invest um, ethically, it was almost like they were accepting lower returns for doing something good for the planet. That's very different now. And if a client doesn't bring to the table the fact that uh, they want to invest responsibly, then we do, because we is absolutely central to the way that we manage money to the point where we not only want to um, ensure that we're invested in the right places that we want to influence uh, as, a, as one of the major shareholders of most of the uh, major companies around the world and, and St James's place is the 30th biggest asset manager in the world now we want to be able to influence through our shareholding these big companies to make better decisions in in the future and I think where that key changes now I think people who ignore how they invest and where they invest either on an environmental, social responsibility or governance basis, it's essentially doing so at the risk that they may not be as financially stable in the future. Those businesses that ignore those things are unlikely to be as successful in the future or not even be around. So those, so it's very important that investors make sure that their money is invested in the right way. So are, you, are you finding that your clients are sort of increasingly more concerned around making conscious and ethical investments more, more broadly? If, if I'm completely honest, I think the answer is at the moment, not yet. Uh, um, I think there are some who are very clear um, and it's crystal clear from first meetings or the beginning of the relationship. I, I would say on mass, I don't think yet that it's one of their highest priorities. And generally because... I think the way we lead 
is that it's all about the client and it's all about the, you know what, what what do you want to achieve where do you want to get to that's the job that we do right you know building people a retirement plan you know building a legacy plan for their children once we've got that plan in place and then we start talking about investments which is always second it's not the first thing we talk about it's second then we can generate interest in it and then actually that's easy because offer somebody two choices you you can invest in a sustainable and responsible way or you can not invest in a sustainable and responsible way i'm pretty sure that i'm not going to have a conversation with anybody ever who is going to choose to turn left and invest in inappropriate things that aren't doing the right thing in following the right social, you know, ethical and, and, and governance policies, which we follow. I guess that helps you to select your your own clients as well in a funny sort of way, doesn't it? That are aligned to your values and your morals, which, which helps keep the whole thing a bit more sticky for you. Well, a hundred percent, David. I mean, you know, our business is a people business, right? We, and it's not just about the people that we, you know, we work with and we employ and our partners. It's actually our clients. Right? So everything we do is about people and people, get married all the time and they have work relationships they have you know relationships outside of work you've got to get on with the people that you deal with so clients need to like us and if they don't that's you know that's just that's a real shame but you can't have a relationship with people if you don't get on i think we're you know we're fortunate that we've got a great skill set we've got a lot of different people in our organization so i think we have the ability to match the right client with the right advisor but also we have the skill through you know 40 50 years of experience of being able to adapt with clients we have the ability to empathize with people's individual circumstances you know we we are not opinionated about what their opinions are that, that's that's not our job is our job is to do do the job do what we're told look after them in the right way but if they step over the line and start doing things we don't like then which has never happened, by the way. It's never. It's, it's not like a thing. But you know, I think we have the right to say, do you know what? We we don't think that's appropriate. And I think any organisation would probably get to that point if someone was, you know, inappropriate. Dare I say it? So it's good to hear that, Ian. And and so the people have been constant thread through this conversation. And I just want to sort of turn to some of the community stuff that you've been doing more broadly as well. And I think sort of 30 years ago, the SJP Charitable Foundation was established with sort of four core themes around children and young people, hospices, cancer support and mental health. I understand that it's made some incredible contributions over the years. Can, can you just share a little bit about some of the initiatives behind this and how your team are involved? To put it in perspective, St. James's Place Charitable Foundation is 30 years old this year and it has raised £100 million in those 30 years for good causes, not just in the UK. And it is now the third largest corporate charity in the UK with over 80% of the 10,000 people paying into that charity every single month. In Asia, where the business is obviously not 30 years old, um, it has raised millions of pounds um, and it is giving away... Uh, fantastic grants to um, local charities. In fact, last year, the um, charity of the year in Singapore was a charity called Care Corner. And Care Corner is a charity that supports disadvantaged individuals from children to youths to seniors. 
during the Chinese New Year, the whole SJP population had a massive fundraising drive where they specifically raised money to give away at Chinese New Year goodie bags to help the elderly. We've supported the local food bank with food drives, um, supplying eight cartons of food. I mean, it really is a passionate part of what we do in giving back is 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 one of our key if you like strategic intents really you know do the right thing by your planet give back be responsible and you know being involved in in, in that foundation is a joy to be honest with you and at the moment Giles has challenged the team in Asia to something which uh, which I think he's doing some hard work on aren't you Giles I am. So this perhaps is a plug, but we've committed as a team to combine distance to walk, swim, cycle or run from uh, Singapore to to the Whiteley head office, which is approximately 10,800 kilometres. My part of that is doing the equivalent of the Great North Walk in Australia, which is 291.5 kilometres. I'm a little bit behind. I'm 40% of the way after 48% of the time. We're going to do that in in, in about 60 days. Um, but we've got the whole team working together. Everybody's doing their their bits. We've got our t-shirts. So uh, and we're, we're we're advertising the hell out of it on LinkedIn, etc. So we have a just giving page. So and and as a business, what SJP anyway, as as you um, probably know, David, will will uh, double anything any money that's raised. But uh, eight will initially double that. So for every pound that we raise or dollar that we raise, it will be doubled by eight and then that will be double. So effectively a, a, a four to one return on, on, on money that we raise. Oh, what a great scheme. And is it, is it just your staff that can get involved or can your clients, can your clients jump in as well and, and, and contribute? Well, I'd be very happy for anybody. So I was um, trying to persuade my, my eldest son to do it, who's here at the moment, but I haven't quite had too much success. But any, anybody that can, that can take some of those miles off my... Uh, no, you're not allowed to do that, Charles. He, he's definitely <laughs> not allowed to do that. He, he's trying to hand over his miles to anyone. You can hand over your money. I'm not sure he can hand over his miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no is the answer. <laughs> oh, well, we'll have a separate conversation, Charles. If I can see if I can help yeah. you out with the next time, I'll ask for you just to just to help yeah, you along with me. And guys, we've, got, we've had a really great conversation around around people, around your journey, around you, around ethical investing, around sustainability, around your charitable activities as well. What's the plan going forwards for Eight Wealth International? What's your vision for the future? We're pretty clear, I think, on, on what it is. We want to be the number one choice for the expat community in Singapore in providing wealth, tax and legacy planning. And we want to build a trusted brand that people know they can come to whatever they need and build a great community of clients who become ambassadors to our business in Singapore and as we expand into Asia. Just to add, I mean, we, and that, that isn't something that, that we'll do overnight. We're absolutely committed to that. And it's about putting great people in place, um, one of which is a lady called Kelly Gregg, who hopefully um, you'll get to meet uh, later this year. But she's, she arrived on Sunday. She's, she'll head up our tax and estate planning business. She's one of the UK's preeminent private client lawyers, chartered tax advisor. So it's, it's also for us making sure that we put our money where our mouths are. So when you, know, when you say you are committed to delivering exceptional service and being the number one, I think it's about making sure that you're able to have great people in place that can deliver those those client outcomes. 
Beyond that, we, we want to be an, a truly international business. We, we, we're in Singapore at the moment and, and Shanghai. We're, we're looking to expand in other areas in Southeast Asia uh, and, and eventually look at, at um, places like Australia and, and the UAE. But that's, that's, the, uh, that's the grand plan. But ultimately, it's about clients for us. Super. Ian, you, you, you kicked off when we asked about, about you that, that you did some research on us and listened to some of our podcasts. So this won't come as a surprise because we ask all of our guests a sort of a final question. And, and that is, I'd love to answer this to, to both of you, is if we could offer you the British Chamber of Commerce time machine and we can take you back to a point in your career where you know all of the stuff that you know now today in 2022, but we can take you back to a younger self where you can go and provide some advice to yourself. What age would you be and where would you be in life and what advice would you give yourself? Ian, perhaps if I can start with you. Oh, I obviously didn't do enough homework because I, I saw a time machine on the list. I thought that was something completely different. Um, well, I'm going to probably go completely off piste and have a bit of fun with this, if that's okay. Um, yeah, I, um, I think I would have taken that opportunity to join Take That which I turned down and instead they gave it to Robbie Williams. And rather than having a career in wealth management and singing terrible Kings of Leon karaoke, I would currently be resting up somewhere in Barbados, sipping cocktails. All right. And, 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 and how much of that really is a joke? Uh, absolutely all of it, apart from the singing terrible karaoke, which I unfortunately... I think we're probably going to do some karaoke events for clients at some point, I hope. I thought knowing Kenton Cool and knowing um, Claire Williams, that there, might, there might have been some truth to this story where you're actually a singer in the making. <laughs> Giles, Giles, what about you? If we could offer you that, that time machine to take you back to a younger self where you can you give yourself some advice on all of the experience that you've gained today. Um, what, what, what advice would you give yourself and when, when would you go back and, and tell it to yourself? I don't know an exact time when that might have been, but I probably would go back and um, uh, give myself a bit of a ticking off and, and um, tell myself that not to be so hard on myself, to, to be more confident. I mean, when I went to Shanghai, I went there quite naive that everybody would be welcoming me. So maybe that is the time, welcoming me with a great, we've been expecting you and, and thanks for coming. And, and it was incredibly tough and it took me a few years to, to really realise my my value, and and, and that, that was two or three years of probably heartache before I uh, got my head around that. But to be honest, I don't have many regrets. Um, there's things that that you learn from and you move forward with. But, but maybe that time in Shanghai, um, and and my wife my wife will tell you there's plenty of times where there's things that I uh, shouldn't have done, that extra drink that I should have I shouldn't have had. But uh, yeah, that they always lead to. To, to fun outcomes at some point so yeah <laughs> yeah and I, 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 I like that sort of ending on um, understanding mm -hmm. your own personal value I think that I think that says a lot yeah. given this entire conversation has been around and being so people focused as well Ian Giles thank you so much for joining us um, a really insightful conversation today I'm sure our, our listeners will really enjoy it as well uh, I'm sure we'll get um, more than one just your mother in I'm, I'm absolutely guaranteed of that so thanks so much <laughs> for guys thanks so much it's been a pleasure thank you very much Thank you for tuning into this episode of the British Chambers podcast. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe and why not leave us a rating and review on Spotify, Apple, Google and the other podcast platforms. For more information, please visit our website at www.britcham.org.sg and tune in next time for a brand new episode.